the man, the king, the god of this shit, Nick fucking Gage. Hey guys, what's going on? It's me, it's me, it's that P-U-L-S-D. It's your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle. And you're listening to the Based World, Based World? Based World Podcast. Get DK all fucking day! Hey, how's it going? Welcome back. To the baseboard podcast. My name is Chris, aka Seat Merger Three, and I'm here with David. Yo, <laughs> and nobody else, because nobody else in the consortium wanted to work Mondays. How <laughs> fucked up is that, David? Now nah, they're more Tuesday people, man. Yeah, it's <laughs> fucked up, bro. It's pretty fucked up. Got to work them Tuesdays and then have the show edited by Thursday or Friday. You know, mm. it's like a SmackDown thing. Unbelievable. <laughs> they're all busy with stuff, so. I guess it's just Chris and I tonight. Yeah, we're trying out the uh, two-person platform here. We're going to see how it goes. Hell yeah. We are reviewing AEW Revolution 2022. Ah, here it goes. Our first AEW event. You know, we... When we started the podcast, we said we are going to stay away from reviewing AEW. Obviously, we're all big AEW fans. But you know what? If you guys like us talking about AEW, uh, then maybe we'll continue it in the future, you know, when they do TV specials and pay-per-views. But we want to stay away from reviewing Dynamite because Deadlock really has a grasp on that and does that really well. We want to differentiate ourselves from the boys as much as we can oh for sure and also like trying to do that on like a weekly basis consistently i don't think that would really work out for a lot of us given like our schedules and Mm -hmm. how much they change and stuff yeah but like i get what where you're going with that we have some updates though our first podcast updates uh we are 10 listeners away from 400 all-time listeners how fucking Whoa. crazy is that? <laughs> you know, just thinking about it, like, it's crazy thinking about how much of that's grown. Like, mm-hmm. I know, like, we kind of just started this as, like, I, I guess just as a thing for all of us to hang out and just talk. And sure enough, there's already people that, like, love what we do and seem to, like, support that. And honestly, thank you, guys. Thank we you for listening you. to our stupid bullshit. <laughs> Backstage. At the recording booth for the podcast, Chris is knocked out on the floor. And in the frame, you see two red, white, and blue boots. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in terms of where our listeners are from, we have uh, listeners in 31 out of 50 states in the United States and 16 different countries. That is fucking nuts to think about, mm-hmm. man. <laughs> that, that is really cool. I'm glad that like people everywhere like want to support this stupid shit that we do (laughs) we made a patreon and you know it was something that we've been talking about kind of since the beginning and we've said you know oh we want to push it off we don't want to get into it really quick but uh then we started a show on the patreon which we're going to get to in a minute and that involves a subscription so we said well now we kind of need it so there's two tiers there's a one dollar tier and a three dollar tier with the $1 tier, you get access to the Baseball Podcast two days early. So instead of listening to it on Thursday when it comes out, you could listen to it on Tuesday. All right. And you also get a shout out on the podcast. And then with the $3 service, you get access to the Consortium's new weekly watch along series, Bing Chilling. So we already have two episodes of that recorded, one of which uh, is already up. They're both classic Garfield episodes. 
but we have a lot of plans for that uh, series, you know. Um, we are planning on watching the Family Guy Star Wars episodes. A lot. You already more, know how yeah, I feel about those. <laughs> a lot more Garfield episodes. Planning on watching the Garfield live-action movies. So that's going to be something that you're definitely going to want to check out if you enjoy our stupid bullshit and enjoy listening to us talk about stupid bullshit. Yeah, and also, like, don't feel obligated to, like, support, like, just because we started this. Like, the, um... Just the fact that like people are like listening in general like is enough because mm-hmm. like I'm here for the fun of all of it. Yeah. But like, if you guys like do feel like supporting in that way, then that's cool too. Like, go for it. It's just you know if you guys want a little extra of us for some fucking reason, um, <laughs> and just want to support us. But this is nothing about you know making money. This is all just about a couple of friends having fun. Yeah. So like whatever you guys want to do, um, like we appreciate the support however you guys want to choose to do it. So uh yeah, there's that. And we already have one patron actually, which is fucking crazy. And uh David, I think you know who it is. Uh that's my guy right there. Love this dude. Mm-hmm. This is the original Dunker, Call of Duty Zombie Mark and Christian Cage Mark top super kicker it's my fucking that's dude my god <laughs> shouts out the shotgun kurt angle by the way the shotgun <laughs> twitter is down get shotgun <laughs> <Yeah>. kurt angle. <laughs> Fuck. but dude that's yeah. our dude right there with the one euro a month uh i have no clue how the transactions are going to work for that all of it might go to Cass and matt who the fuck knows but <laughs> Just the fact that even someone subscribed to it is mind-boggling. AEW Revolution. Here we go. Wow. Great show, by the way, just starting off. You know, AEW does not mess with pay-per-views. I can't really think of any that I'm like, eh, that was all right, or I felt disappointed by. Because honestly, I feel like what AEW does is they consistently put on really good shows. Sure, there may be like a few spots here and there that are like, Eh, that could have been better mm-hmm. or that just straight up sucked but i think as a complete package they definitely deliver with like the shows that they do mm-hmm. and a lot of the matches that they put on too are matches that you would not expect to be good at all and there were a lot of matches on this show where i went into it not expecting a lot and i left thinking about it yeah so we opened the show and it's hilarious because jr does not remember where they're at where the fuck are we shang (laughs) i think he might have had his days of the week wrong too i might be wrong but i'm pretty sure he said it's wednesday night i think he did say what that (laughs) means yeah i'm pretty sure he did say it's wednesday night and you know what that means tony where the hell are we (laughs) where the fuck are we bro where am i (laughs) we start the show with chris jericho versus eddie kingston eddie comes out he's so fucking over everyone in this building is cheering for eddie kingston he's coming out he's like frantically kissing his necklace like he's shaking he's so (laughs) excited for this match it's crazy yeah like you can definitely see the intensity and like how how much he cares about this match especially like going into it too like Remember that back and forth promo they had on Dynamite Mm -hmm. where like Chris Jericho is pretty much like berating him and basically gaslighting him too, just saying like, oh, you're afraid of success. You're just like your father, et cetera, et cetera. You can definitely tell like he wanted to go into this match and he wanted to fuck up Chris Jericho. That's exactly what he did. (laughs) (laughs) Like the first thing, like the bell rings and he murders him with a half and half suplex. Fucking brutal. Just drop them on his face. 
fucking head. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure people already know my opinions of Chris Jericho at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, during the show yesterday, I tweeted out Chris Jericho's the type of white guy to say gracias at a <laughs> Mexican <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> am i wrong <laughs> no you're not wrong <laughs> speaking of chris jericho he comes out and he gets called the influencer uh, uh where do i oh my god and now he he's trying to he's trying to get the copyright or like trademark sports entertainer too what like, would he use that for though in like, aw maybe... specifically that would not get over oh no it wouldn't like maybe that's him just trying to find something else that'll stick. Mm-hmm. And you see, like usually before, like Jericho would do like different things that would work. Like they would become memes or like, you know, there's something memorable. Like fucking Mitch the Potted Plant from like his <laughs> yeah. 2016 run. Like that. I remember that. Like I actually have a plant named Mitch because of that. <laughs> but the new stuff he's doing now, like um, the influencer, GFY, mm-hmm. like oh it's it feels so out of touch and none of it's like really working in my opinion yeah this half and half suplex fucking kills him uh like david said lands right on the top of his head and he immediately rolls out of the ring trying to like create some space just get a breather because when eddie was like setting up this half and half i swear to god i thought i heard jericho say what are you doing so it might have been a shoot <laughs> but i rewatched it a couple times this morning and i just kept hearing like it sounded like he was saying what are you doing so it might have been a shoot i don't know which if it was shots at eddie kingston yeah once again man eddie kingston is a real one for that mm-hmm. so i think as the match progresses or even like within the first couple of minutes we get some fuck him up eddie fuck him up those kind of chants and mm-hmm. and like i was kind of like chanting along with that too like when we were watching the show and <laughs> he's such like, a likable guy legit like i don't know i just really vibe with eddie kingston mm-hmm. is my guy jericho starts throwing some chops but Eddie's no-selling them. He takes the straps down for a chop battle. Uh, Kurt Angle style. Yeah, Kurt Angle style. Eventually, he wins the chop battle and backs Jericho into the corner, hits the machine gun chops, Kobashi style. Fucking love to see it, bro. Shouts out Kenta Kobashi. Jericho hits a series of quarter lariats on Eddie, but of course, Eddie no-sells it. A lot of no-sells by Eddie in this match, which I am not at all angry about because it is so believable. Just like his wrestling style and his mentors in wrestling, it's expected that he has that kind of strong style mentality. Oh, definitely. And I kind of feel like it works for his character too. Like with the story with Jericho, like I'll give Jericho that, like despite how much I dislike the dude, he is a good storyteller. Mm-hmm. And he like, with the way he was like berating Eddie for Eddie to like come back and like, just be all fired up and wind, like really beat his ass. Yeah. Like that's like believable. Like I feel like, all that fury, like that built up frustration. You can definitely see that with him, like no selling these moves and be like, I'm not going to take your shit anymore. Jericho eventually gives him a receipt with a snap suplex off the apron, then gets him back at the ring and hits a trio of German suplexes followed by a lion salt, which actually was the first lion salt that didn't look like complete shit i think there was like a replay that played and you can see like eddie like kind of scoot himself into position so mm-hmm. jericho like hits it but even so like that was actually a really good uh luther salt yeah good <laughs> luther salt 
<laughs> Good gimmick. <laughs> uh, he goes for the pin afterwards, and Eddie kicks out at two. Jericho locks in the walls, which gets a massive pop. Crazy that that move gets a pop. I was really hoping he would go for the uh, the lion tamer. Like He's I think LZ, dude, he needs to. Cause like I feel like that's a lot more effective than the uh, mm-hmm. the walls of Jericho. Like, cause the way he's like doing it, it's like he's just sitting on you know the top of his legs mm-hmm. or like his opponent's ass or something. Like yeah. that that's not good. Yeah. Eddie gets to the bottom rope, gets out of the walls. I could tell you, uh, we were all watching in the Discord. We were all like, come on, Eddie, you fucking come on, man, get to the top bottom rope. <laughs> we were all cheering for him, and eventually he hits two sido suplexes and then the spinning back fist. Goes for the pin, but Jericho kicks out. The crowd thought it was over. We thought it was over. Is this also the point where where Jericho took the uh, the top turnbuckle off? It is. And, you oh. know, uh, just going ahead a little bit, Jericho hit another code breaker and then calls for the Judas effect. And it looks like the match is about to end in the Jericho victory. We're all praying to God that Eddie gets up and looks behind him and, you know, reverses in some way, which he does. Jericho goes for the Judas effect. Uh, Eddie ducks it. And apparently, I didn't even realize this, but uh, Jericho hit the Judas effect on the exposed buckle. Yeah, and like, like I was kind of expecting that to happen to Jericho here. I mean, like, here I am wishing for his downfall yeah. again, but <laughs> that would have been so disgusting to see. Mm-hmm. But I would have been like, yes, <laughs> yes. You get what you fucking deserve. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so yeah. Hits the Judas effect into the exposed turnbuckle, and then uh, Eddie hits another spinning back's fist, and then he locks in the stretch plum. I think that's the name of the submission mm-hmm. move he it's put him in. Right? It's Kawada move. A Kawada move. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, and like he keeps like bending Jericho's arm back mm-hmm. a bit. He's Just, wrenching like, that really, shit, dude. That looked brutal as hell. Mm-hmm. And eventually, Jericho taps out. He does, dude. I. <laughs> uh, honestly like disbelief eddie is in disbelief we were fucking going crazy this really puts eddie back in like contendership i think for a title um i think that he really is due for a title reign specifically the tnt title i know they're trying to do stuff with wardlow and keith lee right now but i honestly actually no they're not trying to do stuff with keith lee because keith lee apparently is going to go after orange cassidy but probably I um, I don't know. It's it's weird because, you know, we got Wardlow, uh, which would make sense, him winning the TNT title uh, from Sammy. But I would love to see Eddie, you know, as champion. Yeah, just like build him up so he can do bigger things. Like, mm-hmm. I would love to see that. And this is definitely the, the match to build him up off of 100%. Oh, yeah. So, like, at the end of the match, uh, I think uh, Jericho gets back to his feet and Eddie's, like, reaching out his hand. I want to shake his hand. Mm-hmm. I want to shake his hand. But, um, yeah, because I think Jericho said, like, I think, like, maybe last week or some other week, he's all like, oh, if I lose and I'll shake your hand or whatever, I'll give you the respect you deserve. And uh, Jericho says, nah, fuck that. I'll see you guys later. Yeah. And he refuses to shake his hand. Real so, bitch activity. Yeah. Speaking of that, I think at some point Jericho was like flipping off the crowd because he he was just getting nonstop booed by them. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I would be booing him too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After this match, though, Eddie's eye is so fucking swollen just from Jericho's punches. Uh, it looks like Rocky from round fourteen, and I said that in the Discord call, and nobody understood it. So if anybody <laughs> out there listening to this right now understands that reference, hit me up on Twitter. <laughs> 
All right, you're a real one. <laughs> Look, man, I think um, I probably did hear it, but I think I was just like distracted because I'm like, man, fuck Chris Jericho, yeah. you go to hell, you go to hell and you die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so after that, we get the triple threat tag team match for the AEW World Tag Team Titles. Yeah. We have uh, Jurassic Express defending their titles against Red Dragon and the Young Bucks. Mm -hmm. We just got to go on record here. David said it on Twitter yesterday and he was getting a lot of shit for it. So I'm backing him up. Red Dragon's theme is fucking terrible. All right. It <laughs> sucks so bad. One of the worst songs I've ever heard in my entire life. Look, man, like, do I deserve the shit that I got for it? Absolutely. But also, I'm still standing by it, too. Mm -hmm. Like, I forgot how the theme goes, and I'm not even going to bother going back to listen to it. But it sounded like some corny-ass, fucking Applebee's, generic music-ass. Sounds like, like something you make on GarageBand. Yeah, literally. And there was, like, some, like, country-esque vocals mm -hmm. along with that. And I'm like, oh, hell no. Why? Why did they have this song, man? I don't even know if that was, like, their music that they used in, like, Ring of Honor or something. I think it that's... was. Okay, yeah. Maybe that's why people had such a uh, a good connection mm -hmm. to it. But I'm standing my ground. It sucked then, and it sucks now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Young Bucks come out, though. The Young Bucks gear here fucking rules. Nick Jackson's rocking the Rick Steiner goatee. Uh, they got these beautiful jackets. Uh, they're looking great. Early on in the match, Red Dragon and the Young Bucks stuck to their alliance, which they had formed uh, a couple of weeks ago focusing mainly on taking out Jurassic Express, mainly Jungle Boys, so they could focus on wrestling each other. But obviously, cracks begin to form in that alliance when each team begins breaking up pin attempts from one another. Yeah, honestly, like, I kind of, I was worried that a Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus were going to be, like, the third wheels for this uh, tag match. Because I know, like, it's for the tag titles, and, of course, there's, like, that feud that's brewing between Red Dragon and the Young Bucks. Mm -hmm. So I kind of thought, like, oh, they're just third-wheeling that. They're, there's no reason for them to be involved. But, god damn, dude. <laughs> Look, Luchasaurus still has the best hot tag sequence in AEW. Oh, 100%. Easily. He's fucking, oh my god. I cannot say enough good things about Luchasaurus. His gimmick is really come and go with me. Sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't. But his wrestling <laughs> ability is so fucking incredible uh the shit he does the question mark kick is one of my favorite moves in AEW that he does but yeah luke stores uh gets the hot tag he comes in cleans house he kills kyle o'reilly with a lariat a lot of good lariats on the show we'll get to all of them all right because i'm a big lariat fiend lariat lariat <laughs> but uh jungle boy eventually returns to the apron and gets tagged in uh, Luke Storrs hoists Matt Jackson onto his shoulders, and Jungle Boy hits an Escalera Doomsday. Matt Jackson died on this thing. Uh, we skip ahead a bit. Matt and Kyle are fighting in the ring. Kyle tries to go for his combo, which is, you know, the open palm strikes, and then the forearm and the uh, sweeping leg takedown. But Matt jumps over the takedown, goes for a super kick, but Kyle blocks it. Jungle Boy comes in and super kicks Kyle, who attempts to go for the rebound lariat, but it's super kicked by Matt. So he goes to the bottom rope, hits the rebound lariat on both of them. I saw a lot of people praising this spot on Twitter. And it's sure it's a cool visual, but it doesn't make any fucking sense. It looks a little wacky, kind of yeah. funny to me. Like, I think as that was happening, I'm like, whoa, it's the Dean Ambrose spot. Yeah. <laughs> I think that the middle rope rebound lariat, when, you're, when you don't go through the ropes and you kind of just spring off the middle rope, I think that looks great. 
But when they kind of go through it, uh, and then back and then, in, yeah, bring himself back in. I don't think it looks good. But you know, if you like it, you like it. Uh, it works. Like I have no qualms with it. It's just a thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, eventually, Kyle has Luchasaurus in a standing guillotine, and Jungle Boy breaks it up with a shooting star press to Kyle O'Reilly. What the fuck? Insane. Like, Luchasaurus goes for the pin, and then Nick Jackson follows that up with a 450 to break up the pin. Like, what the fuck, dude? Like, you know, you go into these kind of matches expecting what it's going to be, and then they just take it to a whole nother level every single time. Like, you'll see shit that you have never seen before. It's ridiculous, because, like, this is definitely one of those matches, like I said, exceeded my expectations. Mm -hmm. Because I think beforehand, I was like, oh, whatever, let's just get this over with. But as, like, all these spots are happening and, like, how fast-paced it was for the most part, I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. Luchasaurus takes in Jungle Boy as Matt comes into the ring with one of the tag titles, but it's held in the corner by Rick Knox. Kyle grabs the title from his hand, hits Jungle Boy over the head, goes for the pin, but Jungle Boy kicks out. I thought that was it for sure. Like, I thought, like, oh, they're going to cheat to win. It's going to work out there. But no, like, he actually kicked out. Uh, Red Dragon hits the high-low, and Bob goes for pin. Bob. But Luchasaurus breaks it up. The Young Bucks hit the BTE trigger on Jungle Boy. Kyle breaks up the pin. The Young Bucks set up for the more bang for your buck, which I have not seen in a long time. But I guess that's just because it's an old move, and they wouldn't really get much of a pop for it. Jungle Boy escapes and sends Matt into the corner. Jungle Boy jumps up to the top rope, takes Nick out with a hurricanrana, and then lands perfectly behind Matt takes him out with a German suplex. Damn, that is insane. Mm -hmm. And then right after that, Luchasaurus takes out both Nick and Red Dragon with the step-up senton. Which, that step-up senton is fucking crazy. I will praise uh, Luchasaurus as much as I can, Mm because the fact that this guy, the height that he's at, and with the shape that he's in, can do all this athletic stuff, that is fucking incredible. Mm Mm-hmm. Every time he hits that step-up senton, too, I always think he's going to hit his head on the apron. I always get scared. (laughs) But uh, eventually, Jurassic Express wins, but they're absolutely fucked tag team finisher. I don't even know how to explain this. It's like Luchasaurus sets up the opponent in like kind of a backdrop position, but they flip in midair and then is caught with a powerbomb by Jungle Boy. It just looks fucking insane. Like you said, Jurassic Express, they retained the titles and uh, congrats to them for winning. I did not expect them to win, like I said. I really thought Red Dragon was going to take it, but uh, I'm pretty happy that they're, you know, going along with the Jurassic Express thing. Their tag title run hasn't really been all that great yet. So I'm happy that they're not just throwing it away and saying, all right, we'll get you, you know, later down the line that they're actually sticking with it and they're going to make sure that they have a good run before they finally drop the titles. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, letting it uh, letting it uh, go on a bit longer is definitely the right call for now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So going into this next match, we have the face of the revolution ladder match. We have Keith Lee, Wardlow, Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Starks. Orange Cassidy and Christian Cage. Just a couple what of a... big meaty men slapping meat on huh, Dude, what a <laughs> I know I tweeted that. <laughs> Dude, there's a one spot that I thought was incredible, and I knew that they were gonna do this, but it was really good. Mm-hmm. Like I think it was just like Keith Lee, Warlow, and Hobbs. 
they were all in the ring, just the three of them. And I was like, ah, here it goes. Big meaty men slapping meat. This is what I'm looking for. And then fucking Orange Cassidy rolls into the ring and like he's like doing his kick gimmick, mm-hmm. like he's kicking each of them. But then they just beat his ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of stuff in this match, just like with Lucha matches in GCW, where you can't really take notes for it. But there were a lot of innovative spots in this match uh, involving ladders. You really tell that Christian had his finger on the button in terms of, you know, making spots and uh, getting everyone really acquainted with ladder matches because some of these guys haven't had big time ladder matches before. Obviously, Keith Lee has, and so is Christian. But Wardlow, uh, Hobbs, Starks, and Cassidy haven't really had these kind of big-time, you know, multi-man ladder matches before. Oh, for true. Like, mm-hmm. uh, there are, like, two spots that really stood out to me that I still think about, like, right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it was, um, I think Ricky Starks, he did a spear through a ladder. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I think it was, like, propped up, and he went, like, underneath it and speared somebody. Yeah. That was fucking incredible. Orange Cassidy another... did the skin the cat thing. Oh, yeah. I can tell Orange Cassidy was playing a lot of SVR 08, because he yeah. did, like, the, he did the spinning ladder thing where he had it on his head. And he was, like, spinning around, hitting people. And then I think it was Keith Lee and Wardlow. I think those were the two that, like, grabbed either side, and they, like, lifted up the ladder. And before any of them could do something, like you said, like Orange Cassidy, uh, he skinned the cat, kind of like pulled himself up to the top of the ladder. And he was going to like stand on it so he can reach for the sonic ring. Mm-hmm. But then he just crotches himself on yeah. the oh. on the rungs of the ladder. That was brutal. And uh, they even did one thing where there was a ladder propped up in the corner. And I forget who it was, but they did like a suplex off of the ladder. Which, fucking, I don't know why they would even try that, but thank God it turned out looking good. Because, I mean... Dude, I was I was thinking, like, the ladder was going to slip and they were going to yeah, fuck up that spot. Or somebody's but... leg was going to get caught. Uh, they start rolling up to the ramp and Wardlow and Hobbs grab the ladder that's up sitting at the top of the stage. And they try and grab it away from each other and they rip it in half. Uh, Hobbs and Lee begin brawling until they reach the announce desk. Uh, at which they grab each other by the throat. But before either man has time to react, Wardlow comes through the curtain in the back and sends each man flying off the stage, crashing through a table. They were both out of the match entirely, which, you know, it was an interesting decision, but also I think it obviously leads to Hobbs versus Keith Lee. And it just, it doesn't affect Keith Lee in any way in terms of losing the match. Yeah, honestly, I think like, despite being taken out like with that table spot, I think this match was a good way to like build off of everybody's strengths mm-hmm. and uh, it really gave everyone a chance to shine and show what they can do like in this kind of setting. Uh, Ricky Starks is in the ring. He's about to win. Brad to grab the Sonic ring. Then Danhausen comes out and curses him. <laughs> I cannot wait for him to start wrestling in AW. Isn't he still injured or yeah, is he good? Yeah, he has a broken leg. Oh man. But I cannot wait to see him wrestling in AW. I think it's going to be so fun. You know, a lot of people have not really seen a lot of his matches, but he's he's a good wrestler. I've actually never seen a Danhausen match. I'm gonna be honest. Like, um, I don't know. Seeing like seeing him show up on TV more is kind of making me want to watch more of his matches, which I think is a good thing. Because mm-hmm. I think when Orange Cassidy first showed up, and he wasn't really working matches, he was just doing his gimmick. I'm like, all right, I want to see what else this guy has done. 
And I've seen like some good matches he had with uh, Kylie Ray, uh, Colt Cabana, like really good matches. Mm-hmm. Like this dude is funny as hell. Yep. Uh, Wardlow jumps back into the ring, uh, jumps on the ladder, which is propped up between the middle rope and uh, a ladder rung. Fucking Donzo bombs Ricky Starks onto the ladder. Disgusting. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure his head like bounced on one of the ladder rungs too. Oh, 100%. Uh, like, like it was disgusting. Wardlow climbs up the ladder. Gets a win. I think we all knew it was coming, but uh, it was it was a great sight to see. Shout out to Wardlow really quick. Mm-hmm. Where are my war dogs at? Yeah, where are my war dogs at? <laughs> the development of him and this story has been so long, but so entertaining. Even though it's kind of been, for the first, like, middle of it, it was very on and off, if you remember. Mm. Like, uh, there will be... You know, you would see it on TV, but then you wouldn't see it for a couple of weeks. It was usually when MJF was just in a really big rivalry. But I'm happy to see it's coming to an end and that we'll see Wardlow on its own. I, I'm excited to see what he does. Dude, me too. Like, um, I think like for months or maybe even like years at this point, I think a lot of people have been like, I want to see Wardlow on his own. I don't want him to be MJF's lackey. Mm-hmm. I don't want him to be like stuck in that role for very long and like i've agreed with that too oh uh, we take a little break here and it is announced that shane strickland has signed with aew he comes out he's dripped to the fucking gills uh he does the whose house gimmick uh which i didn't even know about but thank god that yeah. the people there knew <laughs> i think he might have done that in nxt but mm-hmm. i haven't watched enough nxt to yeah. really say but <laughs> Can we talk about one thing really quick? Before Swerve comes out, uh, Tony Schiavone, he's like talking like, hey, fans, uh, thank you for watching the pay-per-view. And like he's holding like the contract, like the clipboard. And clearly on there, you can see in like bold letters, Shane Swerve Strickland. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, I wonder who's coming out. <laughs> Kudos to him. Like, shout out for, you know, signing to AEW. Mm-hmm. I hope he gets the chance to uh, do some good things in this company. Mm-hmm. I know, like, I've said how much I've gotten tired of, like, AEW constantly signing new people and everything. And I'm like, oh, they should just focus on the people they have now and stop being overcrowded. But with Tony Khan buying Ring of Honor, I feel like maybe with like this bigger roster, some of those people could go to Ring of Honor and try to make it into like a bigger and better show. Mm-hmm. So maybe it is a good thing. So the next match we have is Ty Conti versus Jade Cargill for the AEW TBS Championship. This um, is one of the matches that was not great. For what it was... I thought it was good. It wasn't like stand out or too crazy, but there was one spot in the beginning that Twitter really blew up. Yeah, I think it like was, a, uh, or something. Yeah, yeah. Ty Conti and Jade Cargill they got like all up in each other's faces, um, figuratively before mm-hmm. they did it literally. They're like just talking shit to each other, and Jade literally grabs Tay by the hair pulls her in for a kiss like open mouth and everything and i'm like hey yo (laughs) (laughs) oh my god like that really stood out to me as the match was going on like i don't really have a whole lot of notes for what happened but Mm. i think that jade has really improved as a wrestler like over time oh 100 yeah because like isn't she like training with like uh buddy murphy and brian danielson i have no Uh, idea 
I just I thought that she was training at the Nightmare Factory. Um, but I don't know what the situation with that is, if that's still being used or if since Cody left they're not using that anymore. It's just uh it's just a trampoline in the backyard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this match, it wasn't their wrestling ability that took away from it. It was really just the positioning. It was really just somewhat of a cool down. Um, which is unfortunate because th- if you look through the past couple of years in terms of women's wrestling, a lot of the matches are used as cooldowns, and you don't really like seeing that in AW, obviously. Oh, I know that I don't like that at all. <laughs> and this is kind of what that was used for, especially so was the swerve signing, you know, segment. But uh, mm. it was still a good match. There were a lot of good spots, um, but it was just a very, I think that Ty Conti was kind of, uh, you know, well, we need somebody choice to have Jade defend against at the pay-per-view. Um, there's no real story to it, but it was still a good match, and we enjoyed it. We enjoyed, you know, having a lot of spots in it. Twitter certainly enjoyed it. So uh, that's mm-hmm. really all you can ask for when it comes to a wrestling match is that people enjoy it. Of course, Jade ended up getting the win here, and there was like a big graphic of her holding the title, and behind her it says 29-0. and 0. Mm-hmm. And... uh <laughs> I made a bit of a joke on Twitter that didn't really go over too well with people. I tweeted that picture and I said, Undertaker could never. <laughs> I mean, you're right. You only had 21, bro. Yeah, 21, 22, I think. I I don't know. Yeah, people just got upset with that. Like, oh, just let me know Like when she goes undefeated for two years. And like, uh, Asuka did it first. She did it better. Yeah, well, where's she at now? Yeah, where's Asuka, bro? <laughs> people are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> we move on to what I like to think is my all-time favorite moment of the show. And this is where my excitement and all my feelings just bursted. Mm-hmm. It's the dog collar match between MJF and CM Punk. So Punk's music hits. You know, it's playing for a little while. It's like, where's Punk? Where's Punk? MJF comes out, trolls the crowd. And so Expecting someone else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you get to the ring. He's waiting there. He's waiting there. He's waiting there. Uh, we see shots at the crowd. You know, we're all like, uh, where's Punk? You know, and then the stage goes dark. Titan Tron, LED dun, lights. Dun, dun, everything's dun, off. Dun, 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 dun. Miseria motherfucking Cantari starts playing, bro. ROH CM Punk is fucking back, baby. Oh my god. Dude, CM Punk comes out in the white basketball shorts, the black windbreaker with a white stripe across. It looked like he walked straight out of 2004 Mm -hmm. or 2005. I think, like, during our Discord call, too, you could see, like, how visibly excited i was not yep. only to hear the song but to see him in this attire like i was i legit shed tears of joy because i'm like oh my god because i'm gonna admit like as a kid like 2009 2010 i was a huge a huge cm punk mark like i was really into like the straight edge society i really liked ecw cm punk i even went back to watch his ring of honor stuff and that AFI song, like, that's an all-timer theme for me. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I heard the, uh, I was, oh my God, that took me back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, me personally, you know, I got into wrestling in 20. 20- 
13. You know, I obviously didn't see any of that stuff, but going back and watching, you know, CM Punk Ring of Honor matches, all of the intros are cut because of music. But when the music started playing here, I was like, I feel like I've heard this before. Like maybe in the background of a video somewhere, it was just cool to have like, even though I didn't have vivid memories of the song, just like kind of recognizing it from somewhere and then seeing it and like seeing this moment uh was just so fucking cool you know it might have been i think what i remember it from is just from punk versus joe maybe that's what i remember hearing it from kind of in the background over the loudspeaker but you know just being able to see it bro is so cool and you can bet your ass it's on my fucking playlist right now dude i hope he keeps that theme for a while because like as good as cult of personality is uh, I love this AFI song a mm -hmm. whole lot more. He's announced as the Second City Saint. It's fucking great. The match starts off, and we're just doing the regular hanging spots and dog collar matches, you know. Punk wraps the chain around the post and starts slamming MJF into it. Then we get into the whipping spots. Awesome. Uh, MJF whips CM Punk with the chain. Immediately has chain marks on his back, like blistering red. From the opening gate, dude, this match was hard hitting. It was everything it needed to be. And when I was watching it at this point, I was like, all right, this is gonna be the match. This was not the match. There was so much more shit that was gonna happen. That pretty much started when CM Punk's head wound opened up from when MJF busted him open on Wednesday and Punk starts geeshing blood, bro. Punk was bleeding then and wearing all white here. He was ready to bleed tonight. Uh, MJF gets out of the ring and he goes, give me a fucking mic. Audibly, you can hear it. <laughs> really pulled a Scott Steiner there. Yeah. Give me a fucking mic. <laughs> uh, he gets back into the ring. He mounts Punk and he tells him to tell the fans that he wants to, quote, quit on them like you quit on me. Obviously referring to when Punk left in 2014. Punk responds with a simple saying, eat shit, Max. <laughs> god i fucking love punk man mm -hmm. like that was incredible eventually i think punk gets back to his feet and he starts whipping mjf with the chain punk wraps the chain around mjf's hand while he's on the ground and he starts driving his knee into it mjf locks in the sleeper hold which punk turns into a pin attempt then punk goes for the gts but mjf blocks it and transitions into the fujiwara punk rolls over into a pin attempt MJF kicks out, Punk puts him in the Anaconda Vice, MJF rolls Punk over into a pin attempt, so we're going through, obviously, these submission false finishes, which were done very well and very, you know, seamlessly, which is always great to see, and it's evident that a lot of this inspiration is coming from Bret Hart, Punk's a big fan of him. This is, like, what, their second or their third match they're having? I feel like Punk and MJF have, like, really good, um, they have, like, really good chemistry with mm -hmm. each other, like, in-ring and, like, promo-wise. Yeah. Like, they work really well. Punk wraps the chain around his knee and hits a Shining Wizard MJF who falls out of the ring. And this is when MJF uh, gets busted open. They go to the opposite side of the ring and they start fighting. A fan yells, eat shit, pussy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> while they're fighting on the outside, Punk goes for another Shining Wizard while MJF is leaned up against the steel steps. But MJF moves out of the way and Punk knees the steel steps. Brutal. Tries going for the yeah. GTS in the ring but collapses. So now, yeah, obviously, a, MJF has something to focus on. Yeah, I was about to say, like, that knee spot, like, into the steps, like, that really fucked up Punk for the rest of the match. And good on him for, like, selling the pain, too, because, like, uh, it really took an effect on his offense there. Mm -hmm. MJF rolls onto the corner. Punk meets him there. MJF punches Punk's injured knee and tries for a tombstone on the apron, but Punk reverses and tombstones MJF 
which looked fucking brutal. It did look really brutal. And I'm pretty sure, like, Punk landed on that injured knee, too, which I'm pretty sure took a bigger mm. toll on him in this match. Oh, definitely. MJF rolls back into the ring, and Punk goes to the top rope, tries going for the Macho Man elbow, which looks even better now than it did when he was wrestling, like, in 2013, 2014 which is insane. Punk now has really gotten better at wrestling because he just likes it again, which is awesome to see. It's awesome to see, you know, the old CM Punk because obviously those, you know, later years of his WWE career, he was angry. He wasn't happy. Uh, so he wasn't giving it his all. But now that he is, it's so fucking awesome to see. Oh, I agree. Like, I feel like this latest, like, run in AEW is probably one of his better runs because like you said, like those last couple of years in WWE, kind of seemed like he was phoning it in like for a majority of his in-ring performances because like he was hurt he was tired he was angry mm -hmm. and uh of course like he wouldn't want to like give it his all if the company wasn't going to reward him properly or you know give him the respect that he feels like he deserves mm -hmm. but now that like the passion for wrestling has like, been ring kendall for him and you can definitely tell with like the work he's putting into his aw matches and just like how he feels about being there in general like i am so happy that he's in aw man mm -hmm. <laughs> and then mjf brings out the thumbtacks oh here it goes uh suplexes punk onto the thumbtacks but punk kind of just lands ass first so he's not really hurt by it mjf goes for the pin but punk kicks out uh and then mjf calls for wardlow wardlow comes out but he doesn't seem to have the diamond ring where the fuck did i put my ring oh man this is uh this spot is so incredible mm -hmm. just perfect selling by wardlow uh in terms of like i don't have it you know punk pulls mjf back and hits the gts and then mjf bumps right into the tax which is fucking awesome his entire back was just covered in him yeah like the look on his face too like after that he's like screaming mm -hmm. out in pain and <laughs> right after that i guess wardlow checked one more pocket finds the diamond ring oh here it is and <laughs> oh my god i took a screenshot of his face when he found it and like that smile mm -hmm. that damn smile that damn smile <laughs> he has the ring he's looking up at punk and he leaves it in the ring mm -hmm. and he just walks away and i'm like did did we finally get the warlord uh face turn like did we finally get it i think we did <laughs> Punk picks up the ring and puts it on, goes over to MJF, gives him a middle finger, socks him right on the chin, goes for the pin, one, two, three, MJF loses, CM Punk wins. What a fantastic fucking match. Unbelievable. Like, from top to bottom, like, there were no, like, slow points or, like, any dead spots here. Like, I was completely invested mm -hmm. from start to finish, and they really gave it their all. And I don't think that losing the Punk is really going to hurt MJF because he can, he's definitely proved that he can hold his own. Uh, he can hang with, like, the best of them. Mm -hmm. And it's also, but, uh, the, like, he needed to lose this, lose this match. One of the things that AEW has to do in my eyes is is make him able to lose and not uh, lose any steam from it. Yeah, don't make him, like, completely invincible. Like, mm -hmm. he can be a vulnerable heel. He can still think that he is untouchable and that he's, like, better than everybody, and you know it. Uh, <laughs> but also, let him have, like, his low points, too. Like, yeah. like, this is probably, like, one of the good ones where, like, 
he can probably kind of go away and like talk his shit or whatever but he'll be back and he'll put on another good match mm-hmm. yeah so after that we can move on to oh my goodness I this think was around, interesting i think uh at this point this is where things kind of went a little downhill uh for the show not only because of this match that's coming up but like the rest of the show just felt weird mm-hmm. i think like a lot of the excitement was in that punk and mjf match mm-hmm. which rightfully so but it was ha- kind of hard to get the crowd invested again yeah this next match that comes up is thunder rosa versus Britt baker for the AEW women's world championship Britt baker comes out with a beautiful oh so incredible new yeah. women's title it's huge like it's as big as like the men's world title which it should have been in the first place mm-hmm. but i think at the time uh they wanted rio to be women's champion yeah. first and i guess they made a belt kind of like suited to like fit her mm-hmm. and then when other people won the title like nyla rose hikaru shida it's like oh fuck yeah we <laughs> fucked <did> up <laughs> <laughs> I know they technically upgraded it so it's a bit bigger, like once uh, Brit won the title, but even so, it just kind of felt like it didn't feel like as prestigious as like the other titles on the show. Mm-hmm. But this new one, though, I'm I'm rocking fantastic. with this look. Right. This match, it was, I don't want to call it a bad match, but they just did not, they didn't do it right, I guess I could say. There was a lot of outside interference from Jamie Hayter and Rebel, and a lot of points when Paul Turner was distracted for like a really weirdly extended period of time. Yeah, there are two different times where I think uh, Thunder Rosa was pinning Britt Baker and Paul Turner. He was uh, distracted for a while, and she easily got the one, two, three pin, but you know, he was distracted. Mm-hmm. Then there was another time she, I think she had her own version of the lock jaw locked in or some sort of submission move. And once again, he was distracted and Britt was tapping out. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Like, I think I was getting really frustrated with how this match was being done because I was really thinking this is the moment that Thunder Rosa was going to be crowned women's champion. Mm-hmm. Cause like, You know, she's worked pretty hard. She deserves it, but uh, apparently not. Like David said, Britt wins with the curb stomp, which was an interesting choice, but apparently they are going to do a Eliminator tournament, and whoever wins the Eliminator tournament, which is probably going to be Thunder Rosa, the title match is going to be in a steel cage. So I could see why they did the outside interference gimmick, but it was just an interesting choice because a lot of people obviously went into this match thinking this is it. And, you know, it wasn't, which is a surprise. And I think if you're going to make a surprise like that, then you need to at least make it a good match and not such a definitive defeat for the challenger. Because this is, that's what it was. You know, Thunder Rosa lost clean. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. The wrong person won here. I think this show would have been the best moment to crown Thunder Rosa as a new women's champion. But maybe since that like St. Patrick's show or like that steel cage match or whenever it's taking place, since that's supposed to be in Thunder Rosa's hometown, I think they're holding off until then so mm-hmm. they can have the cheap uh, uh, hometown hero wins the title here. Like that kind of moment. Yeah. Which like that's fine. I get it. But in my opinion, I think doing it at the pay-per-view kind of means a lot more. Because mm-hmm. honestly, like, with how this match played out and with Britt winning, I'm like, this sucks, man. Yeah. 
We move on to Brian Danielson versus John Moxley. Now, when we were watching this last night, it sounded like the crowd was really out of it, but I was re-watching the match this morning to get notes for it, and it was actually, you know, the crowd was actually fairly into it. Um, so I guess it was just our audio and being in Discord that, uh, you know, it didn't sound great, but the crowd was there for it. Um, it was just the middle part of it when they were doing rest holds and stuff like that where uh it was a little quiet that's true like um i feel like maybe most of us were like fatigued as well mm -hmm. like it wasn't on the same level as the people in the crowd so like maybe that's why it kind of like came off as like like oh they're not too invested or like they're really tired like maybe it was probably just us thinking like oh man it's been a four hour show is mm -hmm. it almost over but uh the match starts and we immediately got we want violence chance and that's what we get both men start throwing punches, palm strikes, forearms, everything in the first five minutes. Early on, Mox does a takedown to Danielson and then kicks him right in the back of the head, which is brutal. And obviously, Mox has those combat boots on, so you know that shit fucking sucked to take. Danielson gets right back up from it, though, shakes it off, acts like he doesn't even care, spams his jumping jack taunt which I fucking love. <laughs> I think that he is the funniest fucking dickhead ever right now dude doing that jumping jack taunt and flexing during the submissions and stuff like that it's just so good oh yeah like i feel like he definitely has a lot more freedom to do what he wants here mm -hmm. whether it's like like his offense like the moves he does and just like the way he acts as a character like he's definitely still a lot of really good stuff here danielson's a fucked fucker like he's fucked he is and i love it there's a thing there's an article that came out just a couple of days ago where he talked about wanting to be more like uh suzuki so he could wrestle into his 50s like bro You've been wrestling for 20 years already. <laughs> I, I think he's like 40 now. Uh, he wants to go for another 10 years. That's just so crazy. But, bro, I'll, I'd will i love to see it. Danielson now versus like, what, five years ago or maybe more than that. He's like, oh, I got to worry about my neck. Like, I'm really worried about coming back to the ring and stuff. So I have to be careful. Fast forward to 2022. I want to fucking bleed. <laughs> yeah. Fast forward to 2022. I got two kids at home. I got a beautiful wife. I want to fucking die. <laughs> Kill me in this in this match. Kill me, please. Please. I love yeah. my I love my wife. I love my kids. I love my family. I'm trying to break my neck tonight. <laughs> Moxley hits his own version of the Danielson kicks, but he's kicking him right in the fucking neck. Obviously, just like we just said, Danielson's trying to fucking die in these matches. But uh, this is Doc Martens, man. This is Doc Martens. I, Brian gives him a receipt by doing a nasty Dragon Screw. Dragon Screw has really, you know, it's really been looking a lot better in the past recent years. If you look back at tapes, you know, shouts out to Tanahashi. That's one of the things that he's really uh, fixed in the wrestling business. But that's the only thing he's fixed because Kenny Omega was right. You were the villain. <laughs> you were the villain, Tanahashi. Danielson hits Box with a disgusting spinning mid kick to the side of Moxley's stomach. And then Danielson goes for the Flying Goats. I keep forgetting that they called it that. Yeah. But um, so like the diving headbutt, the flying goat, but Mox rolls out of the way at the last second. Mox hits some forearms before running off the ropes, but Danielson takes him out with a kitchen sink, then hits the running drop kicks in the corner, followed by more kicks. He goes back across the ring for another move, but Mox jumps up, tries to go for a lariat. Danielson ducks the lariat attempt. Mox does a standing switch, hits a German suplex. Danielson obviously no sells because he's fucking Brian Danielson. 
Mox catches him with a Saito suplex immediately. All of that was in the span of like 15 seconds. These dudes are going. Mox goes for another Saito suplex, but Danielson flips out of it, and then he lands on his feet. Mm -hmm. Little acrobatic monkey, that uh, Danielson. Mm, monkey. <laughs> monkey. Got a, a couple more kicks and palm strike battles, uh, just going back and forth. Danielson gets sent to the outside. Uh, Mox tries to go for a suicide dive. Danielson, uh, cat-like reflexes, just runs back into the ring. Mox uh, doesn't go through with the dive. He just kind of stands back on his feet. Yeah, so Danielson runs back in the ring, and he's going to go for his own suicide dive. But Mox catches him, like, at the last second. And then they start brawling in front of the barricade. Mm -hmm. This is fucking incredible. Yep, they both start throwing elbows, throwing punches. At one point, they hit uh, elbow strikes at the same exact time, which knock each of them down. And obviously, they got to start gigging, brother. Danielson hits a top rope backdrop on Mox. And then uh, hits the elbows to the neck before transitioning into a dragon sleeper. But Mox gets to the bottom rope. Yeah, a couple more kicks ensue between them. Mox locks in a sleeper hold, but Danson ends up rolling out of it and he gets him into another dragon sleeper. Mm -hmm. Like just the back and forth chemistry of these guys, like with their submission holds, this mm -hmm. fucking rules. Uh, Mox escapes that immediately. And then he hits his own series of elbows to his neck before transitioning into an arm bar. Danielson again, though, rolls out of it immediately and into the yes lock, but Mox gets to the bottom rope. They start kicking each other's heads in at the same exact time, which was such a cool visual. Mox, though, with the longer legs, I guess you could say, makes it back to his feet first, kicks Danielson's head in before putting him in the bulldog choke. Danielson escapes with a brutal shoulder capture suplex filed by the knee it's it's always the bukkake knee to me bro pulse has corrupted my mind <laughs> shout out to pulse real quick yeah <laughs> danielson goes for the cover but mox kicks out at two danielson kicks box head in and puts him in the triangle chokehold uh he starts doing the elbows to the top of the head mox flips over while in the triangle and gets the win out of nowhere crowd is shocked Ooh. I did that not was, see that coming at all. That was a weird fucking pin. Like, mm -hmm. I was like, what the hell is going on? And it just came out and of nowhere, too. Yeah, like, like while he was in the triangle chokehold, too, that was just really good ring awareness of mm -hmm. Moxley on that point. I, I really thought that was it was going to be it there because Mox was in the triangle chokehold for a long time. I was, like, seconds away from taking a screenshot and posting it on Twitter saying... Thick Thighs and Lives Part 4 or something like that. <laughs> really good match here. I still think it was deflated because of the crowd. Like, I don't know. I think I'll have to rewatch it, but I felt like the crowd wasn't too into it. But I think as things picked up some more, they were really, uh, really getting into this match. Mox and Danielson are like brawling and arguing again. And fucking William Regal comes out to the ring uh and he breaks up the fight between mox and danielson i fucking love william regal I, it's like, unbelievable I know, really that they got him i felt like it was going to happen at some point i thought like regal would probably show up in AEW, or hell he'd probably even go to impact but mm -hmm. i feel like with how much steam like AEW is like getting and how successful it's getting like over these past few years uh getting william regal like you know him being the ring general that he is a man's man if you will yeah, you damn right <laughs> you damn chop down that tree i think getting him in there to like help train these guys and just you know 
pass on his knowledge is a great acquisition. Especially in this role, uh, kind of being a manager for Mox and Danielson, it seems going to be really cool. And he immediately gets them in line by slapping the fuck out of both of them. <laughs> Dude, the way that this played out, fucking Regal slaps Mox first. And Danielson, like, I'm glad that they caught this. Like, he is, like, <laughs> laughing his ass off. He's over He's there, like, like ah! you stupid bitch. <laughs> and then Regal turns to Danielson and slaps him, too. He's like, I haven't forgot about NXT 2010 or 2011. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually, Danielson and Moxley shake hands. Mm -hmm. This is a really good way for them to introduce Regal. He didn't have to say anything. He didn't have to, like, yep. do a whole lot. For him to, like, slap both of these guys and kind of, like, humble them and basically be, like, in this managerial role, I like that. Mm -hmm. I like that very much. I think that the best way to do this Moxley and Danielson group is to have them, like, as two guys that don't agree with each other and butt heads all the time, but then they have, you know, that guy like William Regal, you know, to separate them and keep their eyes on the prize, basically. I think I speak for all of us when I say that I cannot wait to see what they do with this team. So this next match, which is uh, Andrade El Idolo, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy taking on Sammy Guevara, Sting, and Darby Allen. Mm -hmm. I think this is probably supposed to be like another cool down match, but... In my opinion, it exceeded yeah. my expectations. I think right from the start, like it just firing off, like it was just like really fast paced, like spot after spot after spot. It was really good. There was a lot of crazy shit in this match. I guess the one that everyone's talking about, obviously, is fucking almost 63 year old Sting jumping off of one of the ledges uh, in the arena through. I think it was like four or five tables, which just the fact that he's still doing shit like that is so crazy, even though obviously there wasn't much of an impact because, uh, I mean, it was four tables. Um, you know, just mm. the fact that he's doing anything at all really is uh, incredible. Yeah, I thought it was a good match overall, except for the the finish here. Yeah, the finish was not great. Yeah, I don't remember who it was that Darby rolled into it the was, ring. It uh, was... Matt Hardy. Oh, yeah. So Darby throws Matt into the ring. He goes with a coffin drop, but I think Matt was just a little too far away. A little. Darby barely hit him. Uh, a little. He was way too far away. Uh, <laughs> Darby did not even touch him and still got the win. And now it's time for the main event. <laughs> we go on to Hangman Adam Page. Versus Adam Cole for the AEW World Championship, the Battle of the Atoms. Adam Cole comes out dressed as Master Chief, mm -hmm. or like he has like the chest plate, and I'm like, ah, oh, this rules. The, the he chugs? brought out the chugs. The chugs. The, ch the chugs as a ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then um, I was expecting Adam to like, I don't know, dress up as like Arthur Morgan Which or one? even Dutch, like uh, something like gaming related but i think the gear that he did wear it was like multicolored. um i thought it was very like pride themed mm -hmm. i was picking up some buy vibes from like the tassels like on his gear yeah i'm like oh buy vibes let's go yeah um I, that's just what i think i think so but too yeah. uh we were talking about that i you know we were trying to figure out because it didn't really look uh rainbow but it it kind of had a 
mix of colors, you know, it, like yellow and blue. So I thought maybe it could be like Ukraine, but it also had two other colors. So I was like, you know, I don't know. It was cool. Uh, I saw a lot of people saying it was in protest of the don't say gay thing in Florida. But oh, that's awesome. If that's the case, then that's fucking great, bro. Dude, that's just another reason why Hangman is my fucking champion. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I love that dude. Adam Cole backs up Hangman into the corner, asks him, what do you got? Hangman drops this motherfucker with a nasty forearm. Uh, you love to see it. I'm a sucker for forearms, you guys know. Hangman goes around the ring, chopping Cole in each corner. Kills him with a pullback lariat in one of them. Cole goes for the Panama Sunrise later on after working on Hangman's arm for a bit. But Hangman counters with a big boot in midair. Uh, hits the follow-up slam. And then... This is where it starts getting crazy, David. What the fuck happened here? Hangman hits the corner springboard lariats while Cole is on the apron, which looked really good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hangman attempts a plancha, but Cole moves out of the way. Uh, Hangman lands on his feet, which is really good. Mm -hmm. He catches Cole, who is like running at him. And he power bombs him onto the apron, Kevin Owens style. Fucking Kevin Owens disgusting. NXT style. Mm-hmm. Like oh, legit, man. you could hear the impact of this shit throughout the entire arena. It was fucking brutal. Hangman hits the Arihara moonsault. The camera angle that they use for that spot too, mm-hmm. like it's on the other side of the ring, and it kind of looks like Hangman disappears. Yep. like when he does it, it looked great. That was a, I feel like they've used that camera angle for like Shawn Michaels back in the day, like in two thousand eight or two thousand nine. Like I thought it was really good then, but like even using that angle now, poetic cinema. Fuck. Yeah, poetic cinema. <laughs> We love cinema in wrestling. So uh, Hangman ends up uh, sending Cole back into the ring, and then he attempts the uh, cum shot lariat, but Cole evades out of the way. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, uh, yeah, so Cole ducks the uh, buckshot lariat, as it's called. Cole goes for a shining wizard, but is caught by Hangman into a set-out powerbomb. I don't know if you can hear the wind outside, but it is going fucking crazy. Um oh shit <laughs> hangman goes for a moonsault but cole annihilates him with a super kick while he's upside down in midair but he kicks out at two after a pin attempt fuck you cole <laughs> cole goes for a super kick but hangman ducks it hits the dead eye goes for the pin but cole kicks out at two cole hits a pump kick and a super kick then hits the ropes but hangman returns to favor with a rolling forearm he hits the ropes, tries to go for Lariat, but Cole reverses into a crossface. Cole hits the Ushiguroshi, but Hangman reverses into a tombstone. And then we go kind of into the finish here. Oh, man, this is where things really pick up. Like, I mean, things are like a really good pace here, but things get crazier. Like, Hangman no-sells an Enziguri. He hits a deadlift German suplex. That's like one of my favorite moves for Fucking people to do. It. Cole goes up for the Panama Sunrise. Hangman meets him there. And he hits a top rope fallaway slam. That's still like one of my favorite mm-hmm. spots. Hangman sets up for the buckshot. Uh, Red Dragon comes out. Ah, oh, son of a bitch. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here, Bob Fish. Robert Trout, you bitch. Yeah, so they're distracting Hangman. Cole ends up super kicking Hangman off the apron, I think while his back was turned. Mm-hmm. And then, oh my god, this spot right here. He does the Panama Sunrise off of the apron. Like, he jumps off the apron mm-hmm. and then, like, plants Hangman's head into the ramp or the mat. I don't know. But it looked brutal. There was, like, a thud. Mm-hmm. You can hear the thud. It was disgusting. It was disgusting. <laughs> uh, both men return to the ring. Uh, Cole's goes for the pin, but, of course, Hangman's going to kick out. He's mm-hmm. not going to 
he's not gonna sell for your weak ass NXT move. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> uh, Cole goes for another Panama Sunrise, but uh, uh, Hangman reverses that into another Dead Eye, uh, or he tries to go for the Dead Eye, but Cole escapes that. And then uh, Red Dragon with their shitty ass uh, antics, yeah. they're distracting the referee. Then Cole low blows Hangman. Ah, oh, son of a bitch. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh cole hits the panama sunrise and then a shining wizard shining wizard yeah <laughs> uh, he goes for the he goes for the pin hangman kicks out at two and then cole goes for another shining wizard but hangman gets up immediately and kills him with a mm -hmm. lariat, lariat. <laughs> does a flip bump looks great uh hangman goes for a buckshot but cole super kicks him cole goes for another shining wizard but hangman gets up goes for a lariat cole ducks it Hits super kick to the face and to the back of the head, which both looked and sounded brutal. He goes for another shining wizard, but Hangman collapses just at the last second to evade it. Uh, Red Dragon steals the ringside table and sets it up next to the apron. Uh, of course, Adam Cole tries to do a move through it to Hangman, but Hangman gets the upper hand. It does a dead eye through the table. Then Dark Order comes out, clears house, gets Red Dragon away from ringside. Uh, oh, and like while this is happening, I think one thing really stood out to me. Um... I think like Dark Order is like trying to like separate Red Dragon and Hangman. Mm -hmm. and I think what happens is I, I might be remembering this, this wrong, but I think Hangman pushes somebody out of his way from Dark Order. You are right. Yeah, I'm like, oh, is this uh, mm -hmm. possibly planting the seed for a heel Hangman? Maybe I wouldn't be uh, against it. I wouldn't be against it either. Like maybe that's like another like conflicting like character like flaw or like motivation like. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's starting to get to the point where he's like, I don't need people to constantly save me. I can stand up for myself. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe, like, after regaining that self-confidence. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Like, that's something that could be in play here. But I guess we'll see how things play out. Hagman hits the buckshot lariat and goes for the pin. But Cole gets his hand on the bottom rope. Uh, like, he's passed out and just gets his hand on it. Hagman gets up, hits his own shining wizard, followed by the buckshot lariat. Gets the win. And retains the AEW World Championship. I think like while that was happening, like after he hit his own shining wizard, I could hear the crowd boo. Yeah, the crowd did start booing. Yeah, I'm like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so no new champion. Hangman is still our anxious millennial cowboy world heavyweight champion. What a fucking show, man. Great show. And Honestly, bro, like already event of the year contender. I would say it's up there as like a potential event of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I'm wondering now, like, what are they going to do for, uh, for double or nothing? That's two months from now. Yep. But, e but even then, like, I'm excited for it. I'm actually considering going to the show. You since it's like, I really want to. It's like three hours away from me. I have family that live out in Vegas, so I could probably stay with them. Mm -hmm. So all I really need to worry about is buying tickets. But my question is, should I go to all three shows? Oh, you or damn right. <laughs> it's not even a question. I mean, this uh, probably will not be the last AW thing we review now because they did tease a Kenny Omega return. So, on accident. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, because they actually played the music during the uh, buy-in and then Don Callis came out. Oh. So they're teasing it. Where's my man? I need him. I need him back. Come back, please. <laughs> I'm going to fantasy book the return of Kenny Omega. So music plays, but 
Kenny Omega comes out in a wheelchair. No! He's had he's had surgery. He has a neck cast on. No, please. He has like a he has a blanket over his legs. No. You take off the blanket. He has no legs. No! His knees are gone. No! He grabs a microphone and he says one phrase. Wrestling has more than one royal family. Oh no! And then oh, the lights go out. <laughs> the lights go out. And behind him, a pillar of light lights up the uh the little platform stage that a certain somebody used to come up from. No. And smoke comes from there. It can't be. And up comes you already know that <laughs> distinct characteristic, the blonde hair. No. Of a an American nightmare. No. Cody Rhodes. No! No! Cody back. Cody comes back. <laughs> Wake me up from this nightmare. It's not a nightmare, man. It's a dream. Dream come true. <laughs> I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. Cody, come back to us. I'm begging. I'm pleading. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's coming back to lead the ROH invasion angle. No! <laughs> Fine. he's bringing back the yeah. he's bringing back the ring of honor he brings out a physical ring that he no wears. he did that you remember that wait really yeah he, when he was in ring of honor he had a ring that he called the ring of honor oh. it was like it was legit the dynamite diamond dozen thing i fucking hate this dude yeah <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah. that was AEW Revolution. Good show. And uh, if you guys want us to keep reviewing AEW pay-per-views and special TV events, then uh, let us know. But if not, then we'll leave that to deadlock. And we will continue with uh, the other stuff we got planned. So thank you guys for listening. And uh, to all the consortium haters out there, die slow, motherfucker.